Hello from the fort. Welcome to Toros in the Middle, the podcast, a place where we sit down with various members of our community to learn about the people that make every space, classrooms to cafeteria, at Spanish Fort Middle School, the amazing place that it is. I'm your host, Jacqueline Richardson. Welcome back to Toros in the Middle, the podcast. You are listening to episode 12. Today on our show, we have our seventh grade math teachers, Heather Sorrell and Meredith Purser. And it's Halloween, so you're going to love hearing all about math or treating. So today we have our seventh grade math teachers on the show, um, and we are going to talk all about some fun things they have coming up. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Yay, I'm so glad to be here. So the first thing that we like to talk about is how you made it to the fort. All right, so um, I made it to the fort through a very roundabout route. Um, I actually started out my career after college as the digital media designer and um, marketing person for Alabama Heritage Magazine. And Alabama Heritage Magazine is a local, uh, like a state magazine about all kinds of different Alabama history topics and I was their web design and social media and you know, it was just it was a lot of fun but then when I started subbing I fell in love and Miss Sorrel was the first person that I subbed for at the fort and she hooked me. When Meredith walked in my room to sub that day <clears throat> I thought she was a lot younger <laughs> than she actually is. I thought she was either a college student or fresh out of college. Yes. And <laughs> as soon as I had gotten sick during the middle of the day, and so when I explained to her what I needed, she immediately went up to the board and just started going to town, like explaining it to the kids and breaking it down for them. And so I said to her, have you ever thought about being a teacher? And she said to me, my mom and dad tell me that all the time, but no, I have not. <laughs> and so the next thing I knew, she was subbing all in the school and um, keeping, she was staying booked. And I kind of helped spread the word that she was a great substitute and could do math, which is rare for some substitutes and um, for them to not be able to afraid to take the lead and, um, you know, give instruction while the teacher's out. So um, she, you know, news of her spread quickly and the next thing I knew, she was enrolled in school and um, came to my room and told me what was going on, and then the rest is history. So fun. <laughs> and what about you? Um, I was an early childhood elementary major, got my bachelor's and master's from the University of Mobile, and um, started out teaching preschool, as a matter of fact, at a private school. And then I went into the Mobile County Public Schools and taught uh, second, third, fourth, and um, two years of gifted. And then I decided to um, stay home with my children once Taylor was born. That was in 2001. I had been teaching at that time for about six years. And um, after Matt, and then Madison came along two years later. So I did uh, the stay home mom thing for about six or seven years. And then I slowly made my way back in doing interims. And again, I was at the elementary level, which was really, really what I was passionate about. And Mr. Sinclair and my son, um, Taylor's son, our two sons ended up being on the same football team. So we met and never had in my wildest imagination that I would ever teach middle school. I was so scared of kids <laughs> that age, afraid to death. 
and he offered um, he said, I have an inter, an intervention position. And I said, well, it sounds part-time. It's great. I can still be mom and still be a teacher. So I tried that, and I ended up realizing the kids were the same. They all liked stickers and candy just the same, and they wanted to play games. And they were just the same in bigger bodies. And so I loved it, and I was hooked immediately. And the next year, a math position came available, and so I had to study for the praxis and then the rest is history, and I've been here seven years and love it. And in the same love it. grade level, too, yes. all seven years. Yes, seventh grade, yeah. all seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what is the most challenging part about teaching math? Okay, so I went to the Alabama School of Math and Science. So I am a card-carrying math and science nerd. I love <laughs> all things math. And then whenever I started physics and chemistry, I just fell in love with the fact that, like, the math – finally is put to so much great use. And so I'm super passionate about it. And I think one of the hardest things for me is coming up against really, really negative attitudes towards math. Um, you know, kids that just think that they, they can't do it. And it's just sad that I have, you know, so many people that I run into that just don't see the, the coolness and the beauty of math. And so um, it's also one of my biggest challenges because it's, you know, it's something that I try to show to kids. So, um, I would have to tend to agree, you know, coming from elementary, an elementary background, I have realized that um, even though that challenge is definitely there for the both of us, if we tend to make math fun and make it meaningful and play a game and do a number talk or um, do a project where the kids are interacting and um, just having a good time, then they realize they're not afraid and they can be successful. They may It may not be their strength, which is fine. It doesn't have to be their strongest point because we all have weaknesses, but just to realize that they can do it and they are capable. Mm -hmm. So that I would agree with Meredith that that is definitely one of our biggest challenges is um, reacting against that negative connotation kind of right from the get-go. Right, right. So talk about projects. So tell me some of your favorite projects or what some of the things that the kids have loved. Uh, so this year has the, the favorite project in my group has been our stained glass project. And so we had, we had gone through three different units and we had done scale drawings and we had done um, proportional relationships and then we had done circles with area and circumference and all of this. And I just got a bug that I wanted to do a project that pulled all of that together, but also pulled in the passions and skills for my artsy kids, you know, the ones that just, that I see doodling on their notes. And I, you know, I just, I can see that little seed of creativity inside of them. And so I wanted to give them a chance to get it out. And so we, we created small scale drawings of your own stained glass windows. And then in groups, they decided together you know, which ones to scale up and make bigger. And we talked about the budget you would need and the materials you would need. And all kinds of different um, life skills that, you know, suddenly they're seeing the math come alive. So mm -hmm. that was really neat. And they came up with some other things, too, that they thought they would need, too, didn't they? Yes. So, you know, I, I had sort of, you know, played through the conversations in my head, and I knew what I was expecting them to ask. And uh, so many of the kids were like, well, you know, but Miss Purser, you know, what about the additional labor costs for, you know, paying the artist and, you know, all of this stuff. And so we got to have some really great conversations where um, they got to look deeper into 
the actual art of stained glass. Mm-hmm. And so it was really neat. That's fun. What That's about you? cool. Well, I tried a new project, thanks to you, Jack, for <laughs> <laughs> helping me uh, step out of my comfort zone. This is a project that I had looked up for a couple of years, and I had seen it on Pinterest, and I had seen other teachers do it, but I just could not wrap my brain around how to make it work. So... Together, Jack and I, we um, came up with um, scaling candy wrappers. So we came up with, you know, a Reese's peanut butter cup wrapper and a Snickers and all these different things. And then we, uh, the kids had to measure it. They were each given a different scale factor. And then they had to scale their candy wrapper depending on um, the scale factor that they were given. So they were actually applying what they had already learned. And then again, like Meredith said, my artistic kids were able to kind of come to the forefront and use their strengths, which, you know, might be the kids who aren't always so good at the operations in math. And so it was able to give them some time to kind of come to the forefront, be the leader, step in. And so what you'll need to come see in the hallway on our seventh grade hall is a big gallery of all the scaled copies of what a blow pop wrapper looks like, what a um, Snickers looks like in big, you know, and so they did it to scale and proportion. And so there was definitely some math involved there, just lots of ma- lots of math involved yeah. there. Were they surprised at how large they came The out? kids were amazed at some of the things that they created. They just couldn't believe how, what a great job they did and how, how realistic they looked mm-hmm. just, you know, by scaling each little square yeah. up into a yeah. larger size. That's so awesome. So. And they do look so good math or treat. Yay! So um, this was something y'all started last year. Yes. And it was so successful. And so y'all are going to do it again. So just start and tell us all about math or treat. Okay, I want to go first. Okay. <laughs> all right. So um, this was one of my babies that I wanted to come to fruition last year. And so I kind of looked at what other teachers had done and ways. And then we kind of adapted it to make it our own. But basically, the kids come in and they have an answer sheet and they have a bag and they visit about 20 stations and at each station they have to solve a math problem. At each station we have a big bowl of candy and a parent who's supervising and so the kids have to, you know, together, they can work together with a partner or a small group, solve the math problem and then they lift a flap and the the flap they lift depends on whether or not they got the question right and so it tells them if they got a treat or not so if they got the math problem right then the parent gives them a treat in their halloween bag and then they can move along to the next station the good thing about it is if they miss the problem they still get a chance to rework the problem and the parents kind of guide them through and then then, um, Meredith and I kind of go around and being their guidance as well as we um, partake of a little candy along the way (laughs) and um, it's just really a good time the Miss Walsh steps in and she decorates the library all spooky with orange lights and all kinds of Halloween decorations. So it was it's a really neat experience, you know, for for the kids that, you know, need a little bit of extra practice on things and things like that, but for them to get those treats and those rewards and, you know, just to just to get out of the classroom, get outside of our four walls and, you know, just have an adventure. Okay, so talking about the attitudes of towards math and all the fun things that you do in class and all the practice, the ways that y'all practice, what are some things that families can do at home to help their students? Um, 
I think the biggest thing you know that we really love is to see the parents uh, displaying positivity towards math, you know, an encouraging attitude, uh, you know, showing their kids how they use math in their everyday lives. You know, we're working this year on finding sales tax and calculating the tip for restaurants. Let your kids do it. Um, talk to them about how you decide, you know, what percent of a tip to leave, how you calculate it. You know, some of us talk about the trick where we, you know, double the sales tax. Well, that's great. That's usually around 18 to 20 percent. You know, so that's, a, you know, that's in the tip range that we talk about. You know, if you have a job that makes commission, you know, if you have a salary, you know, we're talking about all of those very real world things, deposits and withdrawals and discounts and you know just yeah. all kinds I mean math is everywhere in our world so it'd be great to just just have a little support saying you know here's what I do use and let's see how that relates to what you're doing so one of the things that I think parents probably need to know that they don't realize is that Meredith and I both have in our Google classrooms a huge link to all kinds of Khan Academy videos. And so if you haven't heard of Khan Academy before, Khan Academy is like one of the biggest resources that we can use for math, one of the most meaningful digital resources that we have. And so we have in our Google Classroom a link to it. Khan Academy provides um, direct instruction. It gives a video and then it links to practice problems. And you can do the practice problems as many times as you want. And then you can move along to the next lesson and the lessons build on each other. You can create your own account for free so that you can keep a record of everything that you have done. Um, I think that is one of the greatest resources that we have for kids to be able to open up that school-provided Chromebook and have access to videos where they can review what we did in class that day. Mm -hmm. So I think that is something really meaningful that maybe a lot of parents don't know. Just really, you know, it's been a great start to the year. It has. I mean, it's, I absolutely love our group of kids this year. Of course, I love our eighth graders that we had last year, and you know, I'm sure a group's coming up that will be fabulous too, but this has just been a really fun start to the year. Mm -hmm. It has. We do. We have the greatest kids at Spanish Fort Middle School. I cannot imagine being anywhere else. I never want to leave. Not for a million dollars in the world. I really would not go anywhere else. There's just no school like it. There's just no kids, no parents like ours, and it's just a joy and a pleasure to be here every single day. It really is. Which leads us to our last segment of what you love about Spanish Fort. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love the small town feel, but, you know, just the big heart that our community has. You know, it's, if someone's in need, you know, if, if someone needs just encouragement, I, I love seeing our kids support each other, our teachers support each other, our teachers pouring love out on these kids. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a, it's a great environment. I really love how supportive all the parents are for our school here. Um, like I said, I came from schools where I just didn't have that. And so I think I have a really great appreciation for parental involvement and for the PTA that we have here. Um, I just didn't have any experiences like that in the schools I was in, unfortunately. So I just, every single day when I walk through the doors, I just feel blessed to have such well-behaved children that have, have that have such, you know, great parents and um, families that support them and and help them realize how valuable their education is so go Toros thanks for being on our show thanks Thank so you much for having us
please follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. Just search Toros in the middle, the podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.